has all the knowledge you want. Malik Books has all the knowledge you need. Malik Books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik Books. Welcome to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. Hi, my name is Malik Muhammad, your host of Malik's Bookshelf. Episode 16. Woo! This episode is about women because this is Women's Month. And I devoted and dedicated this episode to just talk about women. And these are the three highlights of this episode. Number one, I'm having a conversation, a frank conversation with my wife, April Muhammad, about women. Now, I'm not a woman, but she's a woman. And so while we were driving, I thought I, we could talk about we were stuck in traffic. Let's talk about women. This is Women's Month. So we have that conversation on this episode. And I think you'll find it very refreshing. Now, the other two points that I'm talking about on this episode is women in literature. And women in literature had to overcome milestones of oppression and discrimination. So I'm talking about trailblazers, women in the literary field. They might have changed their name, but they bust down the door. And so I'm going to discuss uh, a segment of this episode on women in literature. The other part of this episode is my book review. The book review for this episode is the little black book of success, Laws of Leadership for Black Women by Elaine Brown, Marsha Haygood, and Rhonda McLean. So I hope you enjoy this episode because everything that is on this episode 16 is about women since this is Women's Month. So sit back and enjoy episode 16, Women in Literature. March is Women's Month, and we celebrate Women's Month to honor women all over the world for their achievements. And I thought of no other subject matter to discuss but the plight of women in literature, since Malik's bookshelf is all about, you know, community, books, community, and culture. So I thought, let's talk about a little bit about some history about women in literature and the plight that they had to go through in order to become publishers, editors, and authors. You know, it did, publishing industry is a male-dominated industry. Uh, it is heavily dominated by men, and over the course of centuries, women' voice have been silenced in that industry. And Many female writers have adopted male names or otherwise gender ambiguous pseudonyms for a number of reasons to publish without prejudice in male dominated circles or to experiment with freedom of autonomy or to encourage male readership. Whatever the reason is, it's because this industry is dominated by men and women had have had to kick down the door over the centuries. And in order to magnify their voice into published books and edit books, 
they had to take on male names. Now, some of us are familiar with some of those names. Uh, one that comes to mind is J.K. Rollins. Everybody know her as the person who wrote all the Harry Potter books. Well, a lot of women take their initials first and then use their last name. And that's what she did because she wanted to be taken serious as a writer and she wanted people to read her books. And so she was published under her initials and then her last name. And a lot of women do that. A lot of women do that because, uh, and look how big of a success the Harry Potter series have been. And as you know, and that's that's modern times where authors still today have to have a pseudonym in order in order to reach the audience and an expanding audience of their works. Uh, this is a male-dominated industry. Most books are edited by men. M most, um, although women read more novels than anybody, um, men don't have to worry about this problem. You know, and just recently, like Rollins wanted to write a series of mystery novels and she changed her name to, I believe, Robert Garbroth. So in this, here's another situation now, for whatever reason, why she wanted to move um, towards an actual male name instead of her initials and call herself Robert Garbroth to publish her writings as a mystery writer under Robert Garber, I don't know personally, but it just goes to show that women oftentimes have to transform and be other than themselves in order to be in this industry. And so that says a lot about, you know, prejudice and discrimination. Now, another author that had to publish her book anonymously, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein. When she first published her book, Mary Shelley published Frankenstein anonymously. And when she did her second print, she wanted to publish it with her true name, uh, Mary Shelley. Everyone has seen the movies Frankenstein. Most of us read the book Frankenstein. And as a result, you know, of the discrimination, she wanted to be, women want to be taken serious as writers. And they are resort to changing their names and publishing anonymously and so forth. And so even till this day, this world and this industry and the publishing industry, uh, women are still, um, voices still being silent where they are resorting to these measures in order to get books published and reach an audience that's much bigger. And these are the biases that are in society. Um, one additional author that we uh, know modernly today that has published many romance novels um, and goes by the pen name or pseudonym, Selena Montgomery, is by none other than Stacey Abrams. She writes all of her novels under Selena Montgomery. And I think she got about seven of them. So, <laughs> so for whatever reason, hey, we all know that um, the first thing you look at in the picture is your name. So if you're changing your name in order to be someone else or hide who you are, 
you know, for an enemy anonymously or to reach a, a larger audience, you know, then freedom is the issue. And discrimination, bias is still a reality in the publishing world. And women have, over the decades and centuries, are kicking down the door because they buy the books. I'm telling you right now, 80% of my business is, well, now I don't know if it's 80%, but I'm saying the majority of my business is women. You know, I look for events and I market towards women because they are the biggest readers. Now, I know we live in a planet where there's more women than men. Nevertheless, they read more. And statistics show women read more than men. So I just wanted to touch on the women's movement in literature and how they are shifting the tide and kicking down doors and making it possible to magnify the voice of females, of women in the publishing and literary industry. It's not, they're not all the way there yet because of the discrimination and bias that still exists, but they're moving in the right direction and we're gonna continue to celebrate women and promote women authors at Malik Books Bleak's Bookshelf is all about bringing the excitement, enthusiasm of reading of books. And women are a major part of why books are being read. They are the biggest readers. They are the biggest buyers of books. And we need to celebrate women. And this month, this is Women's Month and Malik Books celebrate Women's Month and all the achievements that women have done in the publishing and literary world. Thank you for listening to my segment on the women in literature and publishing. I was sitting down here driving back from the valley and I just had a thought. You know, I'm sitting here beside Secret Weapon and two grandbabies in the car. It's, and it, it's Woman History Month. Now, I'm not a woman, but I got a woman sitting right here, Secret Weapon. So I, I just want her to touch on, like, what it means to be a woman. And what does, you know, what it's like being, not just what it is being a woman, but what it's like being a woman as well. Being a woman is the most empowering thing that I had to discover in my lighter years of life. My womanhood is beautiful because I know I'm confident, I'm beautiful, I'm smart. I am a woman of multi-faceted talents and I know that I can use them at all levels. Well, that's a powerful statement. And I definitely concur that you all of that and more. What would this world be like without women? <laughs> the world wouldn't be <laughs> nothing. It'd be shriveled up and dry. It wouldn't be anything without a woman. Nothing. Nothing? No, absolutely nothing. Without a woman, there's no pro procreation. So absolutely. nothing. Nothing would be, the world would be nothing. That's why women are the mothers of civilization. Yes, no. All the generations come through women. Yeah, absolutely. So the world wouldn't be anything. Yeah. 
and, and what is the role and responsibility of a woman in today's society? Oh, wow. So the role and responsibility of a woman differs in every situation. In every situation. It depends on what role she wants to claim. Because so. one woman can't speak for all women, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. Right, right. Absolutely not. Well, would you, would you speak more specific about you as a woman and what your role in terms of being a mother um, is, um, your role as, as far as um, being a wife and your role and responsibility to yourself? Well, um, being a woman first of all um, I don't ever want to forget about myself even being a mother wife friend um, you know when you f get into these relationships either being friendships relationships motherhood those are all ships that you have to drive different responsibilities in so I f I think I have um, I think motherhood has been my greatest for me has been my greatest uh, mirror because for a long time I didn't want to be a mother I was just like oh that wasn't for me so when I came to become a mother and a wife it just it hit me a different way so me being a woman um, and a mother and friend and is 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 a blessing. Well, how, how do you balance between being a wife and a mother? It's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. And balancing. I should say, and a career. Yes, it's not an easy task balancing any of those things and, and trying not to lose yourself. It's not an easy task. But at the end of the day, I feel that it's, it's the task is worth the fight. The task is worth the fight. Every day is a different, it's a different beast that you go out in the world and fight. Okay, so... You know, as a woman, you're a mother. As a woman, you're a wife. As a woman, you have a career. Yes. Which one gives you the most joy? <laughs> I just spoke on that. I, I feel uh, me being a mother gives me the most joy. But you, me being a mother, I couldn't be a mother without first being a wife. For me. Well, there are a lot of, there are a lot of women that are mothers that are not a wife. Yeah, I said for me. <laughs> okay. For me. For me, without one, you, I couldn't have had it, another. So I think um, me being a mother has been my greatest um, accomplishment of the mirror. Saying, okay, good job. You mentioned you mentioned that at one time you, you didn't want no. to have children. Oh, no. So what changed that? Me becoming a wife with... A, a wonderful man that I seen fatherhood. Game changer, huh? I've, I seen fatherhood basically. I've been in plenty of relationships to know that oh, this is not going to work for me having children with this cat. This ain't gonna work. This this not gonna work. So when I when I was blessed to see fatherhood come from you, my husband, I'm like, okay, I, I can do this. I, I can I can do this, and it came into fruition. That's what's up, you know. And I appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that a woman giving a man a, a a child is the greatest gift that you can give a man. Because I can't give myself one. And so I know that that's 
you know, to be a mother, you know, is 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 something miraculous and wonderful. And I could never know what that's like. I know what it's like raising kids. I know it be about being present and being involved, but I don't know you know what it's like being a a woman and i don't know what it's like being a mother now your key thing what you just said being present and being involved was my attraction of me changing my mind Mm -hmm. those two things well i think that you know i think you know i've i've done a lot of different things and, and and i found that the family life is the most enjoyable life you know, doing doing things with the wife, doing things with the kids. You know, I just think that 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 brings me the most fulfillment. That gives me the most joy, and and to help them and to make them, you know, smile and to do things as a family. I find that to be more most joyful. But um, as a woman, um, you know, what what challenges would you uh, give to young women? Um, coming into uh, womanhood. What challenges? Yeah. What, um, what advice? What advice? Um, and what challenge? You know, in terms of the advice is that, you know, comes with challenges. Yes. Um, well, my advice to uh, a young lady that will become a mother or is interested in becoming a mother, just be patient. Um, I struggle with that a lot, being patient and being forgiving. Uh, my children has helped me. I mean, they teach me something every day about myself. One thing they have taught me was to forgive and don't hold on to things. So uh, my advice is to ladies that's coming up and going to become a mother is just to be patient, be forgiving, be Forgive yourself for the mistakes you're going to make <laughs> being a mother. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up because sometimes we make decisions. Um, we make decisions as mothers and, you know, hindsight 2020, we're like, oh, wow, I shouldn't have done that. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of parents beat themselves up until they can't beat no more. You have to forgive yourself. Like, you know, I didn't know my intentions were pure. To that decision, but the decision later, later on that you realize, hey, that wasn't the right decision mm-hmm. to make. So mm-hmm. forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Uh, that's important because um, you can turn in on yourself and and the person right next to you is going through the same challenges. You're just not aware. Right. They didn't make mistakes and you've made mistakes. And the way is how you deal with those mistakes. You learn from them. You know what, too? <laughs> um, the reason why, one of the reasons why um, I know the way I am because I, I'm an only child and me having children allow me to see like, <laughs> hey, you guys going to fight a little bit and then two minutes, two seconds later, <laughs> they back up under each other. And I had to learn that. I had to learn. I didn't have that experience mm-hmm. being the only child. My, my only experience was me. You know, my experience was, I don't know how to get over this. You, no, I'm not finna let you do that. (laughs) No, but my children has given me that, that vision out of my own two eyes. Like, oh, that's how the thing go. Yes, you have to diffuse some, some, you know, sibling things. But if you just let them ride it out, they'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. They'll figure it out. 
See, I grew up around siblings, and we fought like cats and dogs and turn around and love each other. Five minutes later, we playing and laughing. And so uh, that I know that that has helped me process and to deal with challenges and people when I feel offended or whatever. But, yeah, I think that it does having growing up with other siblings do help you to overcome you know, disappointment and challenges with people a lot faster and, and how you process it simply because, you know, you um, are, you know, when you're up under each other, you're going to rub each other and, and, and do things that are, you know, you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. I mean, we, we up under each other all, <laughs> all the time and we rub each other the wrong way a lot. And then I just I've learned how to just sometimes pick my battles. Yes, yes, yes. Likewise, likewise, pick your battles. Everything ain't worth uh, rising up on and trying to make a grand stand and a finale. You know, you live and let go sometimes. You know, <laughs> but that's you know that's the growing pains and that's what you learn. You know, that's what you learn along the way. Um, those are the challenges of uh, moving forward. But, um, you, you know, you're a strong woman. And, you know, not every woman is a mother. No. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, by choice or whatever reason. But Even the one that bear children aren't mothers. They, yes. they don't have the mothering. Um, what were they? What was he called? They don't have that mothering spirit. Yes, you can lay down and have children. But at the end of the day, when the children come, you have to... Um, nurture and water and love and all that and a lot of people that I've seen in my little lifetime don't have it don't have it at all you can have kids and not necessarily um, have that that nature of mothering that nurture no 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 true that's no. true um, I guess you get points and credit for trying trying to do what trying to be you know raise your children you know the best way you see fit because you know a lot of times people don't have the knowledge you know that's why teen pregnancy is real and it's a lot of you know young women are having children without the knowledge of how to take care of children no one took care of them and that's pervasive all throughout you know this country teenagers uh, are having babies and and even women in their 20s uh, uh, having children and but not necessarily having the knowledge necessary to be a nurturing mom. I mean, to me, the greatest career of any woman is being a mother. Say it again. Being a mother. That's what I think because um, juggling being a mother, juggling being a wife if you marry, juggling a career, um, that's challenging. And, but the most rewarding thing I think is 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 that you know you 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 can work a job but it ain't gonna love you back. You can, <laughs> but you can love your children and usually they love you back. Now, I ain't saying it's a hundred percent. No, it's not always a hundred percent. You can be the greatest parent um, that you think you have been to your children, and they turn on you real quick real quick and that's that's really hurtful for a parent to go through that especially if they have given their all to their children 
I've seen women too that give their all and forget about themselves at the end of the day and then with them kids and go with like, oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very painful and hurtful thing to, for someone to experience. And, um, you know, um, all you can do is do your best because you can't control uh, other adults, other people, you know. Uh, I always call that uh, at some point in time, you got to pick up your own cross. And what that mean? what I mean by that is that at some point in time, man, you got to make your own decisions. And you got to sleep in the bed, you man. <laughs> my mother and came. My mother and came from just that looking at things, and I said, "Oh no, I'm not gonna do that." Oh, okay, I like that. I picked up things along the way in life. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep that. I don't want that. I'm gonna do better on that. You have. You're gonna have to do all those things being a mother or it, it, just a woman. Period. You're going to have to pick up all those things of, okay, I like the way she handles us. Oh, yeah, she's nice. Oh, she's sexy. She got sex appeal. Oh, she's smart. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Well, they say, you know, if if a child is in a bath of water that's dirty, um, take, you know, keep the child, but drain the dirty water. <laughs> you know, take the good and throw the bad away. You know, but this is Women's History Month and we celebrate women all month long. Really, we celebrate them all year long. But you know how it is. Everybody want a piece of a celebration. So we celebrating the Women's Month this this month. And I thought it was a good idea to talk to a woman. And it's, it happened to be my wife's secret weapon. And, to, you know, I celebrate every day. But I want to, you know, to hear from a woman to a woman. And me just, you know, dialoguing along the way. And so... Um, Happy Woman's Month to every last woman in the universe. I'm thinking whichever woman that touched me or put something in me, I'm thanking them not only for Woman's Month, but every, every day. Who, Whoever just said, April, you can do it. Or come with me. Or let me show you. Or you're going to be okay. I want to thank them for that. That's well said. So I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Women's Month, and we excel- we celebrate all the achievements, all the accomplishments of women. And this this particular episode sixteen is devoted to women. And so everything I'm doing on this episode number sixteen is just to celebrate and praise women. My book review for this week is a book that I came across called The Little Black Book of Success, Laws of Leadership for Black Women by Elaine Brown, Marsha Haygood, and Rhonda McLean. This is Women's Month. That's right, this is Women's Month. So all on this episode, I'm only dealing with things about women. The book is about, my book review is about these three executives, three powerful African-American 
female executives celebrating their gender and heritage as they share their secrets for success, ways to communicate thoughtfully, trust yourself, and exude self-esteem are just a few tactics the authors discuss for those who want to enter the workforce as a confident leader. The book is rich with wisdom. This practical gem focused on building blocks for true leadership, self-confidence, effective communication, collaborations, and courage. While dealing specifically with stereotypes, avoid the mommy traps and don't become the angry black woman and the pearls of self-victimization. Don't assume that every challenge occurs because you are black or female. Some leaders are born, but most leaders are made. And the little black book of success will show you how to make it to the top one step at a time. These three women have a lot that they can share to other women that are black or just women in general to help them become successful and overcome all the situations that you have to deal with in a high profile executive position and not even if you're not an executive or just a manager nevertheless these tactics in this book these strategies in the book the advice that's given in this book the little book the little black book of success laws of leadership for black women will help you and guide you to become successful in your career so pick up a copy of the little black book of success, laws of leadership for black women. That's my book review for this episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.